coming up this week on Breaking Badness. Today we discuss an arrest with no rhyme or treason? Next up, Microsoft excels at mitigating risk, introducing their EM service. And, of course, our fun game, Two Truths and a Lie. With that, Breaking Badness is next. Welcome to Breaking Badness, episode number 99, recorded on October 1st, 2021. I'm your co-host, Kelsey099. I love you, LaBelle. With me, co-host Chad, tis the reason for the treason. Anderson, and last but not least, Tim, mitigate this 1337H4X0R, which is Haxor. Yes, lead Haxor. That's interesting. I'm embarrassed. I never thought about what happens when you do lead speak in like a speech to text program, but that would be (laughs) kind of funny. Oh my gosh. Well, we're recording this a little bit earlier than we typically do because Tim is doing something kind of cool next week. Do you want to, do you want to tell our audience? I guess it will have already happened by the time they hear about it, but I think it's still fun to talk about. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'll be walking my dog on Friday morning and it's, I just love that. It's, you know fall crisp air city does love leaves oh wait right before that i'm gonna go give a talk at the <laughs> FireEye cyber defense summit in uh, in dc there's that part too I, did you mean that i did and that could be the last fire eye event i know right so this is the uh some people will know that this is the event that was formerly known as mircon and uh then i guess it might once again be known as mircon going forward because uh, in case you haven't heard the news, FireEye and Mandiant are getting a divorce. They still love each other very much, but they're going to have to live in separate houses. (laughs) I hope they take a nod from Prince in their naming of the conference moving forward. I think that would be pretty fun. Um, Isn't FireEye also coming together with McGaffey? Yeah, McAfee. They Whoops. rebounded. I know how to pronounce things. <laughs> so, so they they were FireEye and McAfee. You know, they had a they had a thing going on on the side, and and uh, Mandiant put its foot down. Mandiant found out. Won't put up with that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Good for well, you, Mandiant. Affair. Well, we're gonna do a lightning round of Breaking Badness today. I think just for for fun, and this is leading up to our triple digit episode of Breaking Badness, which is coming sooner than later. Probably in in two Wednesdays is what we're aiming for. But here we are this week, in the present, breathing into our own bodies. Here we go. An arrest with no rhyme or treason. Russian law enforcement last week arrested the co-founder and CEO of cybersecurity company Group IB on suspicion of high treason resulting from sharing data with foreign intelligence. Now I'm, I'm assuming this is like critical treason and not treason associated with cannabis. Is that correct, Chad? Wait, what? <laughs> high treason. <laughs> don't don't leave it. me out here alone. I don't in this. get it. You've, uh, you've gone too far. High, high, high. <laughs> 
treason. Oh, high treason. Oh, uh, I see. Uh, <laughs> see what you did there. Um, Always a good sign. Yeah, nice. Uh, <laughs> nod. <laughs> I'm going to need that clip uh, for future production. Nice, not. <laughs> Um, oh boy did you ask me a question oh yeah let's pretend (laughs) that that didn't happen (laughs) high on treason um what so what is group iv let's forget what else just happened and go straight there (laughs) (laughs) um yeah group iv they are a threat intelligence company they provide um you know finished actionable intelligence to their customers um kind of you know a, a services company so they also have some products like a hunting framework they do some risk management uh, but basically they're a security services firm so they came in on the scene around 2003 i think uh they're started by two russian nationals um dmitry volkov and Ilya sakov uh or sachkov Though um, technically the company these days is headquartered in Singapore. Um, It was founded in Russia initially, I believe in Moscow, um, but they wanted to be more agile as a company um, and not under Russian uh, restrictions. So there's some benefits to moving your company to Singapore, particularly with how their business spans Europe, Vietnam, South Africa, Malaysia, you name it. Um, They're just a big international firm at this point with over 500 employees, I believe. On the scene, I'm not going to spend too much time on that, but I feel like I was just transported back to like 2013. Hot on the scene. Group IB coming on the scene. Um, I'd like for you to put on your storytelling hat, Chad. And can you describe to our audience the scene when this individual is detained? I don't know why I laugh. This is never funny. Um, uh, it's always a serious matter. But what happened on the scene? Set the scene. Well, I wasn't there because, as you might have guessed, if you've ever done security research uh, and published against Russian groups, you can never, ever go to Russia without a trip in a white van the moment you land. So um, Ilya Sachkov, though, uh, was arrested and from what it looks like on state media, uh, ironically taken in a white van um, in front of the Moscow office where they were uh, also, you know, carrying out a search and taking various things from the Group IB uh, Moscow branch i guess um and so also searching at their saint petersburg offices so that's kind of been the only footage that's come out is of russian state security um searching their offices and and removing things from the office and loading them into vans i assume uh sachikov was arrested at the same time but uh you know maybe maybe they picked him up in a nicer car (laughs) i'm sure that's what he's worried about is how nice the car is when yeah. he's being detained. <laughs> well, you know, Europe has a lot of those Mercedes um, Sprinter vans. Very nice, high quality. That's true. Great to convert. You know, like uh, it's a whole different feeling of van life when you're arrested in it, though. <laughs> They've got a whole bunch yeah, of different uh, kind of van unique life. kinds of all sorts of attach points for the handcuffs on the inside. It's quite uh, quite modular and exciting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, Chad, has Group IB made any statements regarding this arrest? And what are they doing in the interim? Yeah, so they stated that their lawyers are looking into it and aren't going to comment on the charges. Typical corporate speak, right? Uh, That's what you have to do. Um, I would assume that they're kind of getting their defense together and don't want to shoot themselves in the foot by saying too much. 
Uh, they've also assured customers that their data is safe due to uh, their globally distributed infrastructure at Group IB. I'd assume with um, you know all the different countries that they're in, uh, knowing just from the work that we do around the world that you have to have uh, different restrictions on data depending upon the companies you're working with. So uh, I would assume everything's fine there. But uh, yeah, curious that uh, things were just being yanked out of the offices and put into a, um, a nice white van a nice white van and not to re-traumatize you with my earlier fail pun wise but what does high treason mean in <laughs> russia <laughs> yeah well uh looking at the penal code that was you know posted it looks like it means up to 20 years in prison uh but with how tough russian prisons are i don't think many people make it to serve their full term uh, hoping that this is just a scare tactic from Putin and that Group IB can dissolve their Russian offices or something and move elsewhere after uh, taking care of this. Perhaps it's time for Ilya Sachkov to apply for citizenship elsewhere. I'm kind of surprised that they hadn't yet, given what we know about Putin and Russia's general interactions with corporations in the Federation. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of a surprise. Indeed, and... <sighs> I, I mean, it really doesn't feel like we have many details at this time um, by design, I'm sure. But what do we know thus far? Yeah, the official story from the Russian state, they're charging them with treason for providing intelligence to foreign intelligence agencies. With how global uh, Group IB is, uh, it makes absolute sense that they would be giving up um, you know, some intelligence reports to different companies, different agencies around the world, like, you know, any global cyber firm does that. Um, it's their business, you know, they investigate cyber threats and publish actionable intelligence for customers. And that can mean other governments that can mean, um, you know, private corporations, it's, you know, their choice what to do there. This would this would be like the NSA picking me up for looking into equation group infrastructure and publishing on it, which I've definitely done before so uh, everything's so connected in cybersecurity world even that at this point if you're doing any sort of research you're going to come across infrastructure and probably publish on something that is uh connected to you know your state or another that you would piss off i, I don't know it just seems it seems funny that that would be the high treason point um just if you're doing any kind of investigative work into state-sponsored activities you're probably going to report on russian infrastructure at some point because they are very active um, so it'll be interesting to see what the like actual evidence says when it comes out. But I'm guessing the evidence presented will show just standard reporting and investigative work on the Dukes uh, from Group IB pissed off the Russian state. And on that note, before to getting into that hoodie rating, my final question for you is, are there any running theories that you have or InfoSec Twitter has or just general media relations around this as to why um, this individual was detained yeah, I saw some Russian media uh, said that the FSB, the uh, Russia's Federal Security Service, it's a, one of their intelligence agencies, um, was trying to force some cooperation from Group IB and that Ilya Sachkov refused as CEO. Um, and that may be one of the reasons for this. That also coupled with in 2019, uh, Sachkov made a bunch of remarks about how they want to be a global firm um, out of like the Russian influence. And that kind of paints an interesting picture as well. He's actually met with Putin um, at least once before that I was able to find. So Putin doesn't like people mugging him off, you know, and so these charges might be revenge for not cooperating uh, with state agencies. And, uh, you know, that's kind of the way things happen in Russia. The way things go. 
Well, let's bounce into the hoodie rating. And if this is your first time or you just need a reminder, our hoodie ratings are on a scale of zero to 10. The higher the number, the more critical um, the situation we're describing is. And we're playing off the cliche of hackers and hoodies. So how many defenders in delightful, comfortable hoodies would it take um, to resolve this particular issue? So let's talk about this in terms of rating Let's say concern for group IB. Would you like me to comment on that? I would, <laughs> Tim. That would be <laughs> lovely. <laughs> yeah. So the, well, anytime you are under arrest by Putin's government, I think that's not a good sign. It Ironically, it may not be as bad as if you were, if, if uh, they were not under arrest and, um, had an unfortunate encounter between a open window and the pavement below or uh, some tea that had something else in it. But um, I still think it's it's a problem. I'm going to say nine hoodies for IB. Nine hoodies. And Chad, what about you? I'm going to definitely agree uh, with that. I think, you know... Uh, you never want to get taken into a Russian prison. Um, that's a reason why I don't cross the border when I'm close to Russia. Um, so, uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's not great. Nine out of ten, certainly. Um, it it beats uh, having someone come over and uh, spread a little Novichok on your doorknob um, or put it in some tea. But uh, yeah, it's it's not great. Um, I think though, yeah, nine out of ten, simply because if. Uh, Putin really wanted this, uh, wanted Ilya gone, probably would have, yeah, done what he's done before um, and conduct some <laughs> assassination work. Yep. Yeah. Well, thank you both, especially you, Chad, for digging in for our audience here on this unfortunate topic. Um, and let's shift into our next article, which is Microsoft excels at mitigating risk. So Microsoft has added a new Exchange Server feature that helps mitigate some substantial security flaws. And the inclusion of this new feature didn't come out of thin air, out of the goodness of all of our hearts. Um, so Tim, what prompted Microsoft to add this functionality? Well... Uh, if I recall correctly, we actually talked about some of the events that prompted that on this here podcast itself a little while back. So it's kind of been a rough year for Exchange servers and the humans that love and care for them uh, with a couple of nasty vulnerabilities and feeding frenzy exploits of said vulnerabilities. So some listeners might recall Proxy Logon, which was back in the spring time frame, and then Proxy Shell this past summer. And as an aside, is summer already over? That makes me sad. Anyway, both of those were pre-auth uh, remote code execution vulnerabilities. And so, as you would expect, there was like a, a real who's who of state-sponsored groups that were going to town, uh, happily exploiting them. Mm, and with this new feature and what you just described in terms of the impetus for its creation, can you describe what it is and how it works? Yeah, so... This is called the Emergency Mitigation Service. So it runs as a Windows service in an on-prem 
exchange server that has the mailbox role. Um, and in a lot of shops, that that is kind of the installation. So there's another exchange server role called Edge Transport, um, but not everybody uses that. Um, and anyway, what this service does is it detects if the server is vulnerable and it will apply some mitigations, um, which Microsoft, by the way, takes pains to say, it reminds me very much of those sped up medical disclaimers, you know, at the end of the uh, commercials. Um, it says that these mitigations are not a substitute for actual patches. Please consult your doctor. Uh, but these mitigations do help protect the server until the actual patches are available. Excellent. And I think it might be helpful to talk about what types of mitigations can be applied with the new feature. Um, I think, are there three of them right now? They're working you are on? correct. Ding, ding, ding. Well, I guess I can't use this in two truths and a lie today. Um, yes, there are three that they're talking about right now. And uh, so the first one is an IIS URL rewrite rule uh, mitigation, which blocks certain specific patterns of malicious HTTP requests, which can uh, compromise the Exchange server. And next up is the Exchange service mitigation, which will disable uh, a vulnerable service on an Exchange server. And finally, you got your app pool mitigation, which disables a vulnerable, guess what, app pool on an Exchange server. Ooh, thank you for detailing those. And I'm sure Microsoft has future plans for this. Would you agree? Oh, they've got plans for this little baby. And I sort of subtly hinted at that when I said right now uh, about these three mitigations, because it's pretty obvious and it's appropriate that this service will... Uh, check for further mitigations as Microsoft develops them. And in a way, this is actually part of a bigger arc. Uh, there was a, a uh, initiative that started back in the spring with the Exchange On-Prem Mitigation Tool, or EOMT, and uh, which is fairly self-explanatory as to what it's for. And so these are, uh, you know, reasonable developments and uh, will be helpful in light of... Uh, <laughs> all the hits that exchange has been taken. Gosh, and thanks for letting me rapid fire these questions at you, Tim. Um, <laughs> I feel like Wonder I think the Woman. final I'm thing I have for you. those bullets with my uh, bulletproof <laughs> bracelets. Shield bracelet thing. Yes. Oh my gosh. I think the invisible jet should have actually made her invisible inside it also. Uh, but I guess, you know, the technology for invisible jets is hard. So that must've been an oversight. <laughs> that is uh unfortunate what's the point of it being invisible if she can't be anyway for another day for our next uh podcast spinoff um but some a question that might be on some of our audience's mind is is there an ability to disable this feature or any reason to for that matter Kelsey, if, uh, if Microsoft enables a feature, it's not for you to decide whether to disable it or not. It's for your own good, for crying out loud. I'm kidding. Yes, uh, there is a way to disable this, um, eh, fortunately. Um, but don't take the fortunately the wrong way. I actually think this service looks like it's valuable. Uh, it's probably a good idea to leave it enabled in most cases. But it is important to give people choices in these matters because there could be cases where the cure is, uh, if not worse than the disease, at least something somebody might not want to live with. So as an example, a lot of uh, outfits will have 
an SMTP filter of some kind uh, upstream of the Exchange server. So think about your Barracudas and your Zscalers and your checkpoints and your proof points and whatever other points, Starwood preferred points, I don't know, that sit out there at the network edge and they uh, filter incoming connections and look for various kinds of uh, exploits and so forth. And those products, those email filters and email security devices and whatnot, they often get rules to deal with various kinds of vulnerabilities and exploits pretty quickly. Uh, a lot of times before the vendor of the vulnerable product gets their own patch in place. And so if you have one of those things sitting upstream of your exchange server, um, and if the mitigations that are in place might cause you some pain by disabling services or apps or something that you actually rely on and care about, then um, you might want to disable uh, the EM service because you've got other protections in place. An excellent point, Tim. And let's hop in to finish this article off in our hot seat version of Breaking Venice. Uh, let's talk about the hoodie rating. And this might be an example where we're talking about some good stuff. So Chad, I'm going to throw it over to you and hear what you have to say. Yeah. So I think this is, you know, high on the goodies list. Um, it's great that Microsoft is doing more and more um, security changes. You know, there was also some um, work being done to mitigate um, XLM macros, which are like the legacy macros that are often used by um, downloaders uh, in malicious Excel documents. Um, so, you know, they're, they're releasing security things uh, left and right, and they have to right now. There's a lot going on in the Microsoft world. So, um, and they're used to that. Uh, that's been a, a theme at certain times in the company's history. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I'd put this 10 out of 10 goodies. This is great. I think that um, there needs to be something where they can push some sort of emergency mitigations to Windows servers if we're going to keep having these, uh, I don't know, massive um, problems come out. Nice. All right, Tim. I think that might, first of all, that might be your first 10 out of 10 goodies, and we're at episode 99, so that's pretty mm. huge. Feeling positive, real positive. <laughs> like a proton. Yeah. They, yeah. I'm getting a like charge out of this. Proton time. <laughs> Hey, uh, Kelsey, what's the temperature of um, uh, inside a Tauntaun, by the way? Do you know? I don't. It's lukewarm. <laughs> You're welcome. That took guts. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> Alrighty, Tim, on to you. What would you rate this at? I'm going to be slightly less optimistic, and I'm going to put it at nine goodies. And the only reason for that is that... I don't know. There's some part of me that that's like waiting for somebody to um, somehow in a supply chain type of compromise, um, figure out a way to get this service to download uh, uh, malware. <laughs> I hope that doesn't happen. It probably won't happen. Um, but I'm just going to hedge a little bit and say nine goodies. But I, I definitely think Microsoft is doing the right thing here. And um I'm uh, I'm glad to see this. I I also think it'll be interesting to see how effective in the in the wild how effective the different mitigations are um, against the vulnerabilities. Hopefully, they will be quite effective. But um, you know, and there will be different levels of side effects of them. Um, but anyway, overall, 
well done, Microsoft. I think this is uh, a great development. And uh, nine is still a really darn good score. Heck yeah. Nine five average. Goody reading. Very well done. Hats off. Cats off. Cats off. Caps off <laughs> to Microsoft. This sounds like a Russian name. And uh, cats off. Cats off. <laughs> no, he's in a white van now. We don't speak of him. Um, well, let's let's play Two Truths and a Lie, shall we? And keep this positive shenanigans going. And um, for those who are not familiar, this is very similar to the game Two Truths and a Lie that you have played growing up to break the ice, which is sort of a hilarious way to build trust with people, looking back. Uh, but rather than talking about ourselves, one co-host every week shares three statements um, they're titles of articles, two of which are things that have actually happened. One did not, and it's a brutal way to lie to one another. And of course, there's a, a scoreboard that we keep. So um, yeah, I think Tim is the co-host that will be sharing the statements this week. What uh, what numerical format would that scoreboard be in, Kelsey? It's in binary. I don't typically believe in the binary, but I do for scorekeeping. We like it because, you know, for people who don't realize that, it looks like we've been playing this game for, I don't know, about 75 years now with the thousands of of uh, points that it kind of <laughs> looks like. All right. Are you all ready? Yeah. Three statements. Statement number one, Twitter bots flitting around the internet to enable PayPal and Venmo scams. Statement number two, fairy tale app magically hands 3 million data records over to big bad wolves. Statement number three, new vulnerability found in Clover point of sale terminals, spilling the beans on countless users. I, my brain really wanted that second statement to add with big bad Ben, like the clock in London for some reason. <laughs> I don't oh, know that would be interesting. Well, that could be he could be a character in some kind of a uh, some kind of a new fairy tale. I like it. He's sort of transformer style, like bursts up out of the off the the banks of the Thames there and stomps around and wrecks stuff. I think he would be the um, <laughs> the antagonist in an updated the Brave Little Toaster film. That's my belief. I missed that one. But, you know, if it was a mature audience's film, he'd be stomping around going, Time's up, mother bleep. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wait, Chad, did you see The Brave Little Toaster growing up? Oh, yeah, of course. What a film. Wait, a fine film. How did I miss a this? Fine, fine film. <laughs> no, and the other thing you could have said is, That guy's toast. But that never came up. I don't yeah. think. Missed opportunity. Next time. Just points its toaster bits and <laughs> fires toast at them. Didn't we talk about that in an IoT-based episode of like, what if... Maybe, Tim, you might have said this. What if the toasters all revolted and... Burned? If they revolted, I think they would... They would it, and Or, or, or under-toast. It, under-toasting is so disappointing. It just It just fills you with sadness. You know, it's just warm bread. What's the point of that? It's true. Well, honestly, Tim, all of those article titles were so good. I'm just going to shot in the dark and say the first one is the lie because I have 
no guess. So I'm just I'm banking on a thirty-three point three 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 percent chance here. Well, I'm in the same boat, but I'm going to go with number two just so we spread the uh, the love here. Spread the board. Actually, it was the third one that was the lie. There's no new vulnerability uh, in Clover point of sale terminals that I'm aware of. No! I hate this game. I know there's such a, you know, the agony and the ecstasy of two truths and a lie. It's kind of brutal. It can be a real heartbreaker. Live by the lie. Die by the lie. Well, that's a bummer. Gosh, now you guys are making me feel bad. Good. <laughs> we'll have to do, at the 100th episode, we're going to have to maybe reshuffle the board. <laughs> Would you like to make us feel better off. with giving us your points? <laughs> oh my goodness! I'll sell them. I'll sell them to you. Ooh. I'd say you know a, this... a really good a really good sandwich is worth uh, you know five <laughs> points maybe. Yeah, we need like a Chuck E. Cheese system. This is like did you know? Did you ever when you were playing Monopoly? Would you like make side deals uh, in your Monopoly games to to like try to even things out? Like, hey, look, I'll give you this Hot Wheels. 69 Mach 1 Mustang for Ventnor Avenue. I was never patient enough for Monopoly. True to millennial form. Thank you both for the 99th episode. The 100th episode will not be next week. We have something special for you next week. If all goes to plan. And so you can expect a special guest episode. And thank you audience for almost bearing us for three digits of episodes and excited to celebrate with you two and hopefully others. Um, spoiler intended. So with that, we'll be back next week for another episode of Breaking Badness. Bye-bye now. A toodaloo. Adios, amigos. Until next week. That's about all we have for this week. You can find us on Twitter at Domain Police. All of the articles and IOCs mentioned today will be included in our blog post, which can be found at domaintools.com slash resources slash podcasts. Catch us every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time when we publish our podcast and blog. We'll see you next week on another episode of Breaking Badness. Until then, remember, don't drink and click. 